Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey everybody, welcome back to The Shift. I hope you had a lovely week. And this week's guest is Margaret Reese. She shared her experience transitioning with me. She answered a lot of questions um, about gender and surgery and dating stories. Um, and yeah, it was a lot of fun. She was absolutely amazing and super open. And we have a really interesting and fun conversation. So um, as usual, if you want to see the video, the video is on the Patreon. So Patreon forward slash the shift podcast. Pay what you want. There's solo episodes up there. There's stand up work in progress clips up there. And um, yeah, that, that's really it. There's the videos for all the other episodes as well. And the episodes come out a week early. Also, next week's episode, we're going to be talking about therapy. So if you have any therapy stories, good or bad, if you want to DM me at Katie Bull Comic or email contact the shift or even just in general, if you have any stories or, you know, dating stories or advice you need, email and I can run it by the guests um but other than that I'm going to start this episode and please follow Margot on everything and I'll talk to you at the end you sound like shit I know you're still sick yeah yeah my I went to the doctor and I have like low blood platelets and um, my immune is shite so I just have to uh just like I, I think everybody's gonna have like similar stuff though just because we spent so long with like masks and out of like germs and stuff that now maybe maybe this is just like a natural selection thing where we're calling the week okay well bye (laughs) sorry good knowing you katie (laughs) how are you today i'm well um i was out late last night i kind of got in much later than i'd like to woke up um i'm doing fine how are you doing i haven't done shit that's great that's great i just woke up before and i'm sweating as well because i can't put aircon on while we do this hmm makes sense well we won't do this for long it'll just be like 45 minutes to an hour um the podcast is basically like a anti uh no sorry like a sex positive dating uh relationship anti-shame podcast is there anything you're not comfortable talking about oh hell no i'm pretty open right now um yeah ask whatever um because we did have a listener and they messaged in saying they would love to hear from someone who had transitioned so are you okay talking about that of course. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of why I get brought on podcasts anyway. I just as like, oh, from the trans perspective, but yeah, sure. Uh, not a problem. I, actually, I actually got a great question from a listener though, which is just what you said right there. So I'll just ask you that question first, because I got a few okay. questions. And the question was, uh, one thing I'm really curious about, uh, wait, I want to make sure I read this right. One thing I'm really curious about is how as a trans performer or even just as a queer performer, you keep gender from being the only thing people want to discuss. Uh, do you feel like other parts of your wait, let me 
do you feel like you other parts of your identity are obscured uh, that other parts you would like to talk about? So that's basically- I guess. I mean, yeah, sure. Absolutely. Especially because like, I don't consider myself done with this whole going from one to the other side thing. Um, so it's like very much a focus and prevalence on my life. Like I'm getting bottom surgery in fucking May. Like that is huge. And I'm kind of dealing with that. I've got like senioritis with my dick where I'm using it a whole much more than I'm comfortable with, but it's like, you know what, let's get the last hurrahs in. Um, but no, definitely, definitely. That's like the thing that makes me special, even though I don't even think it makes me special, but it's what people want to talk about. Cause you know, you can't really, you know, I think transness there's only um like the population of it is like 0.3 percent of the population so it's like a pretty small minority whereas like queer people in general is like three percent of the population um so i understand it it's going to be a token point plus anything that i do is going to definitely be through that lens or filter of like being trans but for the most part it's I don't know. I'm everyone's and everyone's experience is different, to be honest. Like, you know, talk to someone when they just started transitioning at what point versus me, you know, versus some other person. Everyone deals with it differently. Um, It's not a homogenous experience all around. Uh, But I've definitely found that, you know, people that's all people want to talk about these days, which is fine because that's all I'm really going through these days. So it makes sense. But as far as like my personality, shit. I don't even feel like talking about that much else anyway, these days, like I have no opinion on, you know, social commentary or like whatever the fuck people are watching on YouTube these days. Like my mind's just not there. It's literally just focused on surgery and having fun while I still can. Yeah. When did you start to transition? Okay. So I have been medically at this since 2012. So I'm about to hit nine years at this, like since like taking hormones and shit. Um, I've only been out socially for like maybe three and a half years. So it's a different kind of time frame. Um, like I did five years of hormone replacement therapy, like on a low dose level, just like going about it, you know, completely, you know, anonymously, um, which is not, I don't think I've ever heard of anyone doing it that long, but like, yeah, I did hormones for like five years before I went to like, okay, a real doctor who was like prescribing me and monitoring my blood levels and stuff like that. And, and giving me like a real prescription. So um, yeah, it's it, I, whatever time frame you want to start accounting for, but like, I just say nine years at this point. And when you started taking the hormones, did you notice a difference straight away? Like um, I read this thing online that a lot of people already feel much more relaxed once they start the process. Hell yeah. It's just nice to have like the correct brain chemistry for once in your life. Like I remember, you know, being like 15 and like just starting to really go through like the first puberty I went to, like when, you know, testosterone is through my body and just being like enraged all the time. Like I used to put holes in the drywall of my bedroom because it was like that bad. And I didn't understand why everything like felt fucking off but no once I started like actually taking like hormones and like having estrogen and like in my bloodstream and testosterone down I felt so much better I felt so much clearer that's yeah and so then when when did you decide to do the operation or how I don't even have a clue how many so you're still doing operations Mm -hmm. I've had several like I had reconstructive surgery on my face uh had my tits done last year 
Um, I've done some other stuff, had my Adam's apple removed, but I'm going full Monty um, and, you know, having bottom surgery. That process, like I'm going to a top shelf doctor in New York. um, And so it's like, there's a good wait period and COVID fucked a lot of that up. So by the time I am like healed enough to have sex, which is like about three months post-op, the whole process would have taken three years from when I initially called in to schedule a consultation to being healed enough to like get fucked in my pussy. Like it'll be a three year long journey, which is a little on the long side. Um, I don't really resent it because, you know, it's a big fucking deal to go through. It is massive reconstruct. Well, not like massive. It's huge reconstructive surgery. It's not like something you just like dabble into. And I knew it was going to be something I would definitely consider the further I went along in my journey. So I just kind of got the ball rolling, even though at the time when I called in, I w- if you said, oh yeah, we could have, we could do it tomorrow. I would still say, I would have said no at that point, but I knew like, okay, after like maybe a year or two, I'll come around to it. And I was exactly right. Um, it's just weird trying to predict your feelings like in the future as you go forward. Um, but yeah, no. It's, yeah, but uh, I guess it gives you that time to make sure like, oh, I still want this. I still want to do it. Oh, sure. I mean, I know girls who are like, oh, a thousand percent. I know what I want. I'm done. I'm ready. Let's go. And they'll get it done. in like, you know, again, times vary. Doctors vary, but like in relatively short amount of times, I know my experience is going to be, is a little on the longer side. Yeah. Um, and so then that procedure is, and you said a couple of months. It's in nine months. In nine months. Wow. That's really exciting. Yeah. So, um, yeah, May 5th, Cinco de Mayo, you know, my taco day. Um, it's going to be pretty wild. Yeah. And do you have any advice for anybody who's deciding to transition? Um, yo, uh, I, I hope to Christ you are independent enough and strong enough to pull it along. I mean, like it really depends on who I'm asking, but like as a general rule, I mean, congratulations, this is it. You found out what the hell you is wrong with you the whole life. And like, this is the answer. I'm sorry, but this is the answer. It sucks, but it's also probably the best thing you will ever do for yourself. Yeah, I read online and I don't know what it's like in Ireland, but in America, they say you have to also see a therapist while you're doing it. Is that true? Well, I mean, it, it's probably in your best interest too. I know for the surgery, you do need three letters of at least, I think the insurance companies require this uh, as far as like individual hospitals that might be a little bit different, but like, I know the insurance company that I go to or am a member of, um, they will only sign off on that procedure. If you have three letters of um, support two from mental health providers and one from your primary care doctor or an endocrinologist, like someone who's not focused on mental health. So um, one of those doctors and two mental health providers, which is fine because I take, you know, psychiatric meds anyway, you know, I'm on Adderall you need to go to a psychiatrist, a therapist can't just prescribe that shit to you. Um, So, you know, if they know I'm trans, they'll write a letter for me. There's like forms and stuff that you can fill out like real line by line kind of things. It's like, I know this patient for this long, they're clearly you know, experiencing this in my professional opinion, da, 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 sign. Like it's very, you know, standardized kind of stuff. Yeah. And did it take you long to get your passport or your ID and everything sorted? Um, my passport expired. I still got to go through that jump. I had, um, 
my, I, okay, so I'm lucky that, you know, I live in New York City and I was born in Los Angeles. So like California and New York, very cool places to be trans um, as opposed to like, uh, God, like if my little cousin or no, my niece, if she came out as trans or something like that, she was born in Alabama. I can't imagine having to go through their system, but updating my name and my driver's license, legal marker, stuff like that on my driver's license in New York, that was, you know, like maybe a month or two. And a lot of it was just back and forth waiting because you're going through like a process, uh, you know, uh, with a bureaucratic process, just a lot of red tape, little hoops to jump through. It's, it's all whatever, as long as you have all the right documentation. Updating my birth certificate, I just sent in a couple of forms to the state of California and then they sent it back. It was pretty, that was like so painless. Um, but I had already updated my driver's license before I updated my birth certificate and social security card. Yeah, because I know in Ireland, it's very easy to get it done. Something like in 2015, I, I think I'm right now, but it was like uh, they made a law where they said, if you just if you want to change your gender, that's fine. You just write in and you can and you can do it. It was pretty easy. I know that it's different in England. I think it's a much more harder process. Yeah. I mean, it's different everywhere. It's so funny how some people think of it as like this big, like, what the fuck are you doing with your life versus other places where it's like, okay, of course it's no big deal. It doesn't change society in any way. You're fine. Um, It's just, it's, it's so interesting to see other people's um, reaction and opinions about it. But, you know, I live in New York. It's a bubble here. I really got to get out just to see how like, I don't know, Ohio would take, you know, someone like me or someone that looked like me or talked like me. Um, it'd be interesting to see. Well, that's what I love about New York. I, I never understood how people have opinions about what other people want to do, you know, especially like even just things like religion or whatever. So yeah, New York's like, just be you, which is great. Yeah, I know. They don't get like New York as a whole doesn't give a fuck about anyone because like <laughs> there's so many people here and no one is important unless you have like all the money in the world no one gives a shit about you. It's great. I yeah, love it. Lovely. You can just cry on the subway and no one bothers you. <laughs> no one. It's the best. Okay. I had another question mm-hmm. and they said, um, do you ever get upset when the incorrect pronouns are used? And would you say it's a pet peeve specifically during, uh, during transition and pronouns aren't made known? Um, it was definitely something that bugged me earlier on in my transition because it was like a sense of validation and people are like seeing me for you know who I am even though like I might not at that stage telegraph that with my appearance I'm much further along in my progression I rarely get misgendered and when I do it's by someone who's like intentionally trying to fuck with me and at that point I don't care like it doesn't yeah, they're just, they'll say anything. And of course they're going to go for that angle. It doesn't bother me. I'm much more secure in my own skin and identity and all that um, than I was previously. So right now, like I said, I couldn't care less, but definitely at the beginning of my transition, when I was like just starting to, and I was much more insecure, it was a big deal. Yeah. So would you say then that's the benefits of the surgery? Because now you don't have to deal with that as much. Yeah, but that is a bonus. That's a, that's a side benefit, like how the world perceives me and how I'm, you know, received in the world. That's important, but it's only 99 out of a hundred important. The thing that takes precedence over that is just being comfortable in my own skin, regardless of what the world fucking says. And that will always be more important than, you know, 
getting gendered correctly or anything like that. As long as I'm comfortable for the first time, that's all I fucking care about. But yeah, the other stuff, of course, it's hugely important. I'm not going to say that, but it does take us back seat. And did you find your family and friends supportive while you were going through this process? Ridiculously, oh. honestly. And I, I, I've, I don't think I've ever heard of anyone having my experience because no one gave a shit. You didn't give a shit. You knew me before I transitioned. No one gave a crap. No one in my family, none of my best close friends, especially like my guy friends, like my boys who I've known since high school. I know one guy since college who I've been in love with no one fucking cared it was great it's oh. unusual but no one cared at all. no one in comedy no one at my work no one in family none of my friends yeah that's great I never yeah I just I, I I don't understand why anyone would ever care about what anybody wants to do um exactly yeah but no that's that's wonderful to hear and I think I hope for anybody listening that I hope that their friends and family will be supportive as well. But Yeah, I, I hope so too, because it makes all the difference. It really does. Um, I've always had people I could at least call and talk to if I needed to. Um, but you know, I know pe- some people aren't that lucky. And how do you find with dating? Uh, what has been your experience? Okay, so I know you let me just a lot. say this. Yeah, that's a that's a lot. This is like most of my act. Anyway, um, so even before transitioning, like I've fucked, you know, like I was a guy. I've had sex with women. I then I had sex with men because I was living as a gay guy. Now I'm a trans woman. I've had sex with men. I've had sex with women. Here's the thing with me in particular, I have always been seen as a novelty always been a rebound i've always been like the oh what's that you know fresh adventure just by virtue of the nature that i'm tall i'm six foot two and you know striking in different ways um but i've never ever been in a serious relationship so that's all i'm really used to in my entire life i'm almost 35 for christ's sake that's all i'm used to so since i've transitioned and like you know I think I'm hot. I'm pretty sure a lot of other guys would agree. Um, It's just the same trend, but amped up to a crazy, crazy fucking level to the point where people are like on dating sites, just specifically hitting me up for sex. Like that's it. But I think that's the case for a lot of people on Tinder, but no, it's hard to find anyone who will openly date a trans woman in the sense where it's like, Oh yeah, I'm going to, like spend platonic time with you and like hang out and introduce you to my circle of friends. Like that's what I think of when I think of dating, There's mm-hmm. dating, being in a relationship. Then there's like going on a date and fucking someone like that's, I, I consider those to be two different things. Whereas like dating implies a much more uh, exclusivity and, and closeness. Whereas what I'm used to and accustomed to. And do you want that? Do you want a relationship? I think it would be nice. I think there's a lot of, um, you know, romanticized benefits and I would love to have like a partner that I was like deeply in love with but you know on a very you know autistic kind of rational level I know that you know the early stages of dating when you're like really passionately in love with someone are fleeting you know when you're looking for a partner that you want to marry and get together you're looking for like long-term compatibility um and you know all relationships require work. So even if I was looking for someone to like date exclusively, I know it's like 
work needs to be involved to maintain a relationship. So I'm not really focused on, uh, you know, finding a partner like that because I'm kind of just focused on myself and being, even, you know, being fine with just being me. Like I don't need someone else to feel completed. You know, like I heard this in a movie once where it's like, you know, people think the worst thing in the world is to wind up all alone and it isn't. It's to be surrounded by people who make you feel alone. And I really kind of took that to heart where, you know, that's fine. I, if I'm alone, I'm alone. As long as I like myself, that's hell. That's, that's everything. Yeah. And dating in New York city is a fucking nightmare anyway. Oh so. yeah. But also like flip side, would you rather be dating in someplace like Akron, Ohio or fucking, you know, the middle of butt fuck nowhere, Idaho. I mean, New York. Yeah. It's a shit show, but at least there's a lot of people and it cycles out and that's you know, true. You're probably yeah, just settling I, in other places. Exactly. Like I can't imagine being in like fucking Orlando and trying to date there or some shit like that. It was just no New York. It sucks, but I think it's pretty good. And have you found, have you had any horror stories from, from Dayton in New York specifically? Horror stories. <laughs> um, none personally. Um, I'm trying to think, cause I have a lot of friends, especially, you know, uh, like most of my friends these days are just like trans women. Um, and like specifically, I know like, okay, let me ask you this. This is, this is tangential. I'll get back to your question, but like, let me ask you this. What would you consider to be a high amount of sexual partners in a lifetime? Like what's high? Like once you hit a certain point you're like, that's a lot of people you fucked in one lifetime. Um, I had a friend and they were at like 500 and I was like, okay. oh, that's a lot. <laughs> that is a lot. I have at least three friends who are in the thousands. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I like compulsive fuckers and they, they get into like, cause I think I've fuck a lot more, a lot more than like the comics that we both know mutually, yeah. like Jesus Christ, no one's getting laid in the comic scene, but no, I've, I, I, I think I get into a lot and they, those bitches put me to shame. They have the horror stories. So I don't know if it'd be cool of me to share some of their yeah. stories, especially the ones that I am, you have firsthand knowledge of. Um, but my God. Um, so I, I'll keep this as an anonymous as possible. Like I don't have a specific story, but my um, I'll just say this, this individual is a very, very close friend of mine. I love this bitch. I will go to war with her, but she is one of the hottest messes I have ever seen in my life. Someone who, willfully prostitutes themselves as a busted trans woman who chronically smokes meth. And when I mean chronically, I mean multiple times a day as if you're just like having a cigarette. Like this woman gets into the most fucked up shenanigans I have ever heard of. And her relationship is toxic as hell with her other busted ass trans woman girlfriend. Holy shit. I can't even count how many times they've broken up. I've had to listen to their shit or like my friend's shit and then they're back together and there's like Munchausen syndrome involved and psychological warfare and drugs and prostitution. And it's, again, I, but I can't share all these stories. I'm just, I, I'm giving you the highlights of this, of this world, like this nether world, this tranny prostitute meth smoking nether world that I 
am adjacent to. Um, it's fucking insane. And on a side note, then, have you, when you're on dating sites, do you, mm-hmm. when do you feel you have to, or do you feel you have to tell them that you're, you've transitioned? Oh, I openly state that I'm trans on all the dating profiles that I'm on, um, just so there's no ambiguity. You know, if no one, if you, someone doesn't like me, they cannot like me. Let that be the reason. Cause I understand, you know, being trans is kind of a deal breaker for a lot of guys, especially if I'm post-op, but you know, I'm not here to like trick anyone. I have my own agenda. It always, I always find it so amusing when guys are like, Oh, I would never have sex with you. Cause you're trans. I'm like, I would never have sex with you. Cause you're fucking busted. Like what makes you think that you have the power in this dynamic? like oh i know i know i i I've, I've said it before but i've had like a lot of guys write to me and be like oh you know you've a you don't have an arse you've a small arse and i'm like you look like you walked out of of a, like a, a swamp and it's like and it's totally fine that they look like that but who do you think you are to comment on my appearance right and these are the same butt hurt losers who are like oh i can't you know just because i'm not like jacked or anything like that girls only want like really you know blah, blah blah like you know looking a certain way requires work no one's yeah. just born that way like even people who are really fit and healthy and have like that's a lifestyle that is a fucking dietary you know, spending X amount of hours per week doing this activity fucking lifestyle. And mm-hmm. some people just like, well, they don't want to put in any kind of work towards their appearance, whatever they want to get done, you know? And and that's fine. And it's like, yeah. and it's, it's, I think there's more expectation on um, women to like have a specific look or look a certain way. And it's like, you know, my boyfriend's not ripped and I'm like, fine with that. <laughs> you know, I yeah. don't expect him. And he doesn't expect me to have big fat hours. I mean, if I wanted to have a fat hours, I would have to get up at like 6 a.m. every day on top of everything else I do so it's like impossible but I just always find it funny that that people could make that comment um but that's just I guess a society thing it's a society Uh, thing it's also like an internet thing where you know everything is depersonalized so of course some jag off who's never going to have to face any kind of face-to-face interaction can just like freely state their opinions because there's no consequence so you know I I try not to take anything online seriously I actually had a guy tonight. I was at Owen Hustle and mm-hmm. he was like this really old and like, look, he was unattractive and I'm not trying to like ugly shame him, but he was also very old and he was like creeping on me. And I was like, no, no, thank you. And then when I was outside, he grabbed me and sort of dry humped me. And I like, I, w- I got so mad. I was shouting at him and uh, there was Jared Schwartz was there, that comedian. And he was like, yeah, no, yeah. he was like pulling me back. He was like, that guy could be crazy. But I was like, I was just so offended because I was like, how do you, A, even if this was like a regular, I'm never going to date you. <laughs> right. Me, I mean, wait, the you fact said that he, was, he was drunk though, right? He, he was, was some drunk old fella. Oh, God. Mm. I mean, yeah, I, again, I'm not dismissing anything about that guy, but he, he sounded like the only reason he did it was because he could get away with it. Like, mm. I'm sure he was like physically bigger than you, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, have you ever heard the saying like no one ever picked a fight they thought they were going to lose yeah yeah like I think that's like a major component in like how men approach women because it's like they can they can say these things but there's no again there's no immediate repercussion I'm I have a much more different problem where I'm like I'm fucking six foot two and I actually scare men away like no one will (laughs) no one fucks with me I was at a show on Sunday and the 
um, there was a guy there, like this drunk Russian old man. He was like, he kind of looked like my dad actually. Um, but he was like drunk and he like just went like, oh, he saw me enter the room or whatever. And he wanted to like say hello. And he like tried to put his hand on the small of my back. I was bigger than this guy. And I just kind of like jerked away and looked at him and he was like, okay, done. You got me hand, you know, no, no harm here. And he never fucked with me again. Well, he talked when I was on stage, but, um, no, it's I, a, a lot of the times I think a guy only does things because they're thinking of like, can I get away with this? Yeah. Um, I want to ask you as well. What was, you had a story on stage when we did the, our wicked lady about the, mm-hmm. the BDSM guy. BDSM. Oh, wait. I mean, there's a couple of those stories. I did <laughs> get into, um, I, I've been to like a sex dungeon, but that wasn't necessarily BDSM. I did do 50 shades of gray shit with like this tech CEO a couple of weeks ago. Um, that was actually pretty fun. <laughs> he lived on like the 65th floor of like this high rise with like one of the best views of the city I've ever seen. Um, yeah, I fucking rich as shit did fuck the hell out of me. It was great. How did you meet him? Tinder. Oh, and is he right and says like, oh, I want to do 50 shades of gray stuff. And you're like, cool. No, that's just my little spin on it. He just wanted to get in like harder S&M stuff. I have not heard back from him. So I think it was a one-time thing. But um, yeah, he was just like into, um, you know, dominance play. He choked me out a little bit. He strapped me to the bed, which I always thought was so, you know, it's cute. It's a nice idea, but without like an actual spreader bar, I can still close everything up. Um yeah, just like a lot of power dynamics, but yeah, he fucked me. He, yeah, he fucked me up against the window, which was scary because it's on the 65th floor and it's just glass and I'm looking down at the fucking street and I'm getting railed and I'm like, oh God. But you know, that's, that's part of the fun. It's all part of the getting the adrenaline running, you know? That's wild. But there was a story where you said a guy wanted you to be like Jesus Christ or something. Oh, the crucifix. Yeah, that guy. That was like, that never actually happened and took place it was a conversation that i had with the guy though but he wanted to get into that which was just it was gross i mean the fact that he wanted to you know cosplay jesus stuff that part i didn't care about that's fine that's your kink whatever make it hurt that's fine the thing that grossed me out the most was that he wanted me when i came he wanted me to say father i release my essence and (laughs) it was like the whole fetishization of like me coming, which I guarantee you he would not be able to do, but he wanted me to like fucking shoot wads of cum at him. And for the record, I haven't done that for years because of the hormones. Like I don't do that at all. Like it's pretty inept as a cock, but you know, I can still use it just not very well, which is fine. Cause I'm getting rid of it. So that's insane so he wanted to tie you up on a cross and have you say father really he wasn't uh, he wasn't like a irish american was he no italian (laughs) or something like that he was very swarthy (laughs) oh geez and so um you were saying the hormones have stopped you from i this is i'm having a delayed reaction but when you said about the hormones originally you were doing them for years by yourself and then you went to a different to a proper doctor who are you getting the hormones off before the doctor 
oh, this sketchy ass online pharmacy that's based out of a island nation. I forgot what it's called. It's like the on the website. It's not dot com. It's dot VU. I don't even know what fucking country that is. Um, but I think it was running through some sort of Chinese distributor in China and they would just like ship meds out. So I got, you know, estrogen and uh, spiritolactone through that. Wow. And but you that's, you had a success story because that could have went wrong yeah oh my god really fucked up and i did that for five years so um jesus and what when you went to the actual doctor what did they say about you taking the kind of online you didn't tell them oh i told them that they were just like well um good thing you're getting you're establishing care now like they're not gonna shame me i also went to an i also went to an lgbtq health center that like caters specifically to like you know, homeless populations, HIV positive populations, people, you know, financially destitute populations. So it's like, yeah, I've heard it all. They didn't, they didn't fucking care. Like that's That's nothing to them. So, and again, they weren't going to like shame me. They're just like, okay, well, let's get your met, your your levels measured and stuff like that or whatever, and get you on a proper dose. And, um, what did you notice the difference between what you were taking before towards what they started giving you? Was there a difference? Oh yeah. It was a much more um, like fuller dose. Cause I was like low dosing before where I mm-hmm. only take like maybe two milligrams a day of estrogen. Now I was like taking four milligrams a day or like taking it, you know, I was just slowly building it up. Yeah. Um, the place that I'm going to now for health, what's cool is like, they'll, they'll draw my blood. They'll send it off to a lab. I'll get like a battery of tests done. And I have a, app you know through the health center then i can actually see my levels and it actually has reference levels too like okay if you're this age a typical you know parts per million reading of estrogen in your blood would be like this much if you're in your second trimester you should be like at this range Uh, and i've been at like super fucking high levels for years so i don't know i think i've been holding it down pretty well yeah um because i I yeah uh, I don't even I didn't even like taking the the pill it was just it, mm-hmm. the, it was too high the estrogen I guess was like making me cry all the time so I've never gone back on it but I imagine that if I were to commit to it I would have to commit to all these different trial and errors so I can't even imagine what you had to do it wasn't that bad again like it's it's what I feel comfortable with. Again, I went to a place where they were very used to being like, okay, just do what's in your normal range. I don't recommend it, but like, we'll try this out and we'll see how it goes. You know, it's a trial by, you know, just trial by basis. And is it expensive, all this stuff? Uh, hella, you know, transitioning is like hella fucking expensive. Like if you don't have health, cause this is like, again, well, there's like socially transitioning. I know plenty of girls who don't do anything else like medically and they just like, okay, you know, I just feel this way. I don't necessarily need to go on hormones or have surgery done. Just want to like grow my hair out and be kind of feminine like that. Still call me a girl. Fine. That's them. Do whatever you want. Fine. I'm definitely going through like a medical route. If you're doing that, especially in the United States of America, it is fucking expensive. Let's not even like forget about like cosmetic shit if you wanted to do that like oh redo your whole fucking wardrobe get a whole bunch of new expensive makeup get into skincare like starting from scratch kind of stuff that alone is incredibly daunting and and expensive but then going through like a medical 
transition. Christ, I can't even imagine what it'd be like if you lived in a state where these services did not exist and you'd have to like partition six hours a day for driving to go three out, you know, to go a couple hundred miles down the road in whatever fucking state you're in to go to see the one doctor in the entire fucking place that will actually treat you. Um, but that being said, this is New York. It's kind of tranny central. I know a million. Um, I work for an organization that deals with trans women all the fucking time. So the, the resources exist, but it still becomes a money game. You know, I, if you have health insurance paying out of your deductible, um, what if someone doesn't take your health, take health insurance at all? Like I had a doctor who, you know, a plastic surgeon do reconstructive surgery on my face that did not do take any form of insurance. So I paid out of pocket. The first round was $25,000. I raised that money in five months doing everything short of sex work. I like, it took me a bonus and a severance package that was supposed to last me three months that all went into the fund, begged my parents for money, had a GoFundMe campaign, just worked. I I just, it, it was mind numbing. And that was just the first round that I did. I've also had like a second round heavily discounted, but you know, it was still a couple thousand dollars there. I had uh, body contouring done in February. That was about $9,000. So, um, what, what is body contouring? It's BBL kind of stuff. I wanted a more defined waist and a bigger ass and hips. So I had a doctor lipo all the fat out of my torso and there wasn't much. So he was like super aggressive, like every single fucking spot, like in my back, lower back, stomach everywhere. And then he injected it all into my butt Unfortunately, there wasn't enough for like my hips. So I still have hip dips and I'm working on that. But yeah, it's just like redoing your body. And then when they do your, so bottom is uh, the penis into vagina, is it? Right. So the process is called like, you know, scientifically or medically uh, vaginoplasty. Uh Um, Yeah. But like, you know, bottom surgery, just nicer, quicker. Um, You can also say GCS, gender confirmation surgery, SRS, sex reassignment surgery. I don't really care, which is like the PC term. It's just like bottom surgery, whatever. Um, Yeah, that's coming up. Um, And I have really, really good health insurance because I'm union and their covers. It's everything um, that I'm getting done is covered in my plan. So I'm not paying anything. Okay. And do they this is me being very not having a clue what do they Uh do they're gonna make your penis into a clitoris this is me being is this me being really dumb no 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 uh, it's not dumb at all um first off there was like never okay what do i want to say there are different techniques there's something Uh called a peritoneal pull through there's a sigmoid colon something or other method there's something known as the suporn method s-u-p-o-r-n which is named after a thai doctor dr suporn who like pioneered these this technique there are all kinds of different ways on how to reconstruct the material down there um if you live in new york city and you're going to a hospital system like i am they're only going to do one type of method because it's the tried and true standardized we know what to expect with results this is what we do kind of method they're not going to like fucking experiment unless you have something horribly fucked up with you um that being said i'm doing something and i'm not going to be 100 percent 
to answer your question, yes, like the head of my dick is going to become like the new clitoris or mm-hmm. my new clitoris. Um, just with like the particular method that I think the hospital that I'm going to is going to do. Um, as far as the hows, I've seen a 3D GIF that kind of shows like, you know, um, in crude terms, like, okay, we're going to pull the skin back. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Da, 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 da. Very graphic, very hard to watch. Um, but like, it just kind of lays the process all down and it's, it's pretty interesting. Like I used to study, I've studied a lot. I, I, I'm a double major in STEM field, science, technology, engineering, math. I've seen so much. I've forgotten more about like human development than like most people know about science in general. It's really interesting when you study natal development and differentiations, the physical differentiations um, in sex as you're developing in the womb from like, you know, two weeks to three weeks to four weeks, like what structures are forming, how they form and what genes are being turned on and turned off. And Oddly enough, the development of male genitalia and female genitalia, pretty fucking similar. It's, they're, they're very similar. Um, just like, and this, what I'm about to say now, I am not sure this is 100% true. I am 90% sure this is fucking true, but I'm pretty sure every human being on earth, regardless of sex, carries the gene to the the dna the fucking blueprint to develop either sex maybe just like female genitalia maybe just male genitalia but they all have like the exact same fucking blueprint it's just a matter of which developmental genes are turned on at what state versus which are not i believe that's the case um not 100 percent sure point being yes anatomy they're surprisingly similar um and it's just a matter of reconstructing it. So the more material they have to work with, the better for me. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that before that what you said, I've also, and there's also people who are born with both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. No, that's, it's, there's a lot of fluidity between that. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. He was studying like shit that naturally happens in the real world is fucking wild. We're not all that different. Yeah. Um, well, no, that's that's great to know, and it's I'm excited for you. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be wild. Um, and three so, months isn't that long of a recovery. That's like, but it's gonna be really intense. It's, yeah, like it's going to be intense. Like I have to dilate like several times a day. I have to be on a dilation schedule, and they're gonna give me like dilators with like different gauges of thickness, and I gotta like you know sit for forty or lay down for forty five minutes, and it's like here's my stretch out time, and I gotta do that consistently. Um, for at least a year I don't know um, for how long but you know the schedule changes and shit Um, have they have they told you about sexual pleasure as well mm -hmm. well I also have like a lot of friends so like during my consultation it was pretty quick I'm gonna have another orientation when I'm about three months out from surgery date but like my friend is getting surgery in like 60 days at the end of September she's going to the same doctor that I'm going to so I I hear a lot of secondhand information I've I I know a lot about this stuff um my understanding is it's forever I fucked a post-op pussy before too I have penetrated one it's a vagina it's a fucking vagina that's all I can say about it yeah you don't have a uterus so but it's a goddamn sex organ works exactly the same way pleasures the same way um it's pretty indistinguishable there's definitely this kind of 
um, thought in pop, you know, at least in the popular culture that it's like this hatchet wound or like this big fucking mess. No, it's a, it's a vagina, you know, it's the same medical techniques. It's like, Oh, you think I'm pretty? Well, we know the science behind that. You like my tits. We know the science behind that. You like this pussy, you know, the science behind that. Like we know how to make this shit. But the pleasure for you, I mean, so let's say for me, <clears throat> it took me like a really long time to figure out my clitoris and I don't orgasm through penetration. And so have they told you how they're going to link up your like pleasure? I don't even know what we get pleasure from. <laughs> it's psychological. You know, it's yeah. the, I mean, that's, that's what I've always been told or learned even before the whole you know, trans issues, put that aside. That's all, all I've ever heard is that like, you know, your brain is the biggest sex organ. I mean, mm. you know, the reason why I don't come during sex currently is because like, there's a huge disconnect between what is physically there and what I imagine going on in my head. Like the only way I actually come when I masturbate is imagining getting fucked in my vagina. Like that's the only way I can mentally reach there so even if like i'm with someone who i think is like super sexy and like ha and they're doing as much kind of you know outside shit that i like like you know pulling my hair or like calling me a bitch then even if they're hitting all those buttons there's going to be a disconnect between you know getting railed in my ass and getting you know jacked off versus like what is appropriate in my brain so specifically with what you're describing as your problem i sound psychological to me um i don't think you have like a physical disconnect between like your pussy nerve the nerves in your vagina and your brain like i don't think there's like some kind of nerve blocker going on um it sounds again psychological and for me i can't oh uh, yes well a lot of um like there's like some sort of statistic that a lot of women will only come via clitoris uh, stimulation Mm -hmm. so will they put the nerves so that you can like rub a clitoris as well mm-hmm. Absolutely. okay so that's great it's all it's all so i mean like more exact same yeah i mean more like technical oh yeah no it's all going to be the exact same it's just reconstructed in the shape of you know outer labia majora your clitoris all that stuff uh, and they'll put all the nerves there that's really exciting i'm excited mm-hmm. for you to rub your clit it's the best yeah i cannot fucking wait Oh I God, can't wait to like put on underwear and look in the mirror and just be flat and oh. just like that's going to be I cannot fucking wait for that I'm so stoked for that well I'm so excited for you this is great Thank you. um there was another question a listener um messaged in this is the listener who actually asked me to have you on as a guest and uh, I asked them do they have any questions and they actually asked about hair they said do you wear wigs or is it your natural hair this is my natural hair. I've have you ever had, never had to wear wigs? I've never had to wear wigs. Um, just like everyone is dealt a hand. This is the hand mm-hmm. I was played. I had a Jufro. I've always had very, very thick hair. So no, I've never had to, I've never had to worry about it. I've had friends who had, um, who have like fairly thin hair or started transitioning while they were like actually going bald, which is horrifying, but that was just not something that I've ever had to deal with yeah okay yeah this person is uh struggling a bit with the wigs so um but I actually do know someone I'm actually going to put them in contact with Riley Lassen because she wears wigs because she has ov ovary cyst disorder I I can't remember um yeah so I can actually just put them in contact with her because she uh is a big advocate for for wigs so 
that yeah. I was kind of thinking that if you weren't able to answer the question, I was like, oh, well, I'll ask Riley. Yeah, um, ask a wig expert. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, let me see. I want to make sure I ask all my questions. I did. This was absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much for coming on. And we did about sure. 45 minutes. I'm sweating. My boobs are sweating. Um, <laughs> no, thank you for having me. Um, is there anything else you wanted to know about? Like, I guess this is like your token trans episode. Any more like dating <laughs> shit? Because... Yeah, I don't know. I have. I guess I have some stories. Do you have any other stories? Um, like a couple of vignettes. Like this one time. Um, well, first off, I once fucked. I didn't fuck. I blew a cop in his squad car in the middle of the day in the financial district. Like people were walking around us, like going to lunch. This is like one o'clock in the afternoon. Like in downtown manhattan just the windows were super tinted yeah i blew a cop in a squad car that's what, that how did you fun. meet the cop that one was through grinder that one was dirty and i was at work at the time like i worked downtown so i was like you know i was talking to him for a little bit and he was like hey maybe we, i can drop down and we can you know drive around and find a corner or something like that and i've actually left on my lunch break at that job at, at, at my jobs plural couple of several times um more than i'm care to remember at the moment but point being um so we just kind of like navigated it it was like there's your car um so yeah we would like we went down to like gold street um like all like the cobblestone roads that are down there because they're all super old and shit but like yeah people were constantly walking by us because they were um going to lunch or going back from lunch um it was actually really hot he was listening to country music and had like an empty can of skull on the fucking floor. And that is on like, we all have a type. My type is people who I think are dumb uh, <laughs> and like, but like in a manly way. And I was like, Oh, this is so dirty. I'm like kind of getting off on it. Um, so that was kind of fun. I did do like a lot of skanky shit, quite honestly. Um, well, did you see him again? Never. Most you- of the people that I hook up with, I never see again. And you don't want to, or? No, I don't want to see fucking, you know, <laughs> officer blowjob. No, he's, that's, he's garbage. Um, and you feel safe. I'm six two. I, oh, yeah, I don't, okay. I don't fear for my physical safety. I, yeah, I would not feel safe. I would not be able to enjoy myself. Cause I'd be like, plus police kind of scare me in general. Oh yeah. No, I don't really like cops at all. Again, I was kind of getting off on the scumbag factor of it. Um, Did anybody yeah. see in the window? No, it was tinted. And even if they did, what are they going to do? It was a cop car. They're going to oh be like, God. hey, wait a minute. <laughs> um, I did that. I once, okay, so this is a good one. Another time I left work at 1030 in the morning, I met up with this guy at um, the JCPenney at, um, not Bryant Park, um, Herald Square. You know, Herald, like the Herald Square area, they have the mall there and there's like a fucking JCPenney there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I had sex with some dude in the bathroom of JC Penny uh, at like 10:30 in the morning. He was he was garbage. He was like this Australian dude, but he was like jacked and I was kind of into it. Um he was just like just meet me here. I think we were meeting halfway again specifically to do ho bag shit. Um which was fine. That was like that was the that was the mission. I'm going to do some fucking skanky ass ho shit. Fine. Um he was about to fuck me raw. Like he was a stranger. I'm like, uh, dude, like you need to wrap it up. And like, cause I always have condoms in my bag. Cause you never know. Yeah. Um, 
so he was going at it. It was pretty fun. Um, someone came into the bathroom, like this middle-aged Honduran guy and the guy that I was fucking just bolted. Like he completely abandoned me in the stall. And I was like, what the fuck? I was like, all right, time to own this up, you know, hike down my, you know, pull down my dress. I kind of get my, got my hair together. I walked out of the bathroom stall and this Honduran dude's just like eyes bugged open grinning. Cause he fucking knew what was going on. And I was like, yo and i'm trying to catch up this guy i was like hey well thanks thanks for being such a gentleman you piece of shit i don't remember what happened immediately after that point being a couple of days later i was hanging out with a friend of mine again the trans friend that i keep referencing the mess smoker her friend is a streetwalker, um like this sassy puerto rican chick who's been doing it since she's like 15 and living on the streets is like a trans prostitute like hardcore kind of shit like super hardcore um I meet up with them. I told them that story. And, um, and then all of a sudden her friend is like, was he Australian? I was like, yeah. And she's like, we just became Eskimo sisters. Like he fucked, he ended up fucking her that day at 8.30 in the morning. We went through our text records. And when we were messaging this guy, he fucked her, I guess, you know, paid for it or whatever. I should have fucking paid for it or gotten paid for it. But like 8.30 in the morning, did it with her, contacted me, did it with me. God fucking knows what he got into. He'd already fucked like two random ass trans women. It wasn't even 11 o'clock in the morning. Like that guy gets around. Um, but yeah. How, that's just... how, how did he meet you? Was that on Grindr as well or Tinder? Yeah. Again, it's just like a hookup app. It's just skeevy shit. It's, it's a, it's a fucking blowjob hole in a, in a stall. Like it's not, I'm not looking for romance when I do that shit. And you like Doing- that. I I would like be afraid that I wouldn't be attracted to them. A lot of time when I meet guys off apps, I'm not attracted to them when I see them. So, but how oh, do, yeah. you, how do you know I'll you'll just be attracted? Away. Oh, you'll I, just walk away. I'll just walk away. Like, <laughs> again, what are the fuck? What are they going to do? Sorry. Yeah. I've been catfished before. Like I met up with some, some guy was going to meet me at a movie theater and didn't look anything like his pictures. I told him I was six foot two. I like tall people. Uh, he, he came up to like my tits. He was, he was short and kind of nerdy. And I was like, dude, I just waited an hour for you, like a little over an hour. He's like, yeah, like, you look nothing like your picture. He's like, yeah, I know. I was like, go fuck yourself. And I just left. Like that was, that was the whole interaction. I was just pissed at him for like wasting my time. Yeah. But, yeah. Again, I do not fear men really. So I can, I just kind of do whatever I want. Yeah. Well, I fear him. <laughs> I, I do not blame you. I, I, I definitely acknowledge that I'm coming from like a very privileged and like different place than most women, but it is what it is. This is, I'm just, yeah. What can yeah, I say? I, w- I was Googling yesterday uh, and it was something like, uh, ha- like I can't remember the statistic, but like most majority of women die at the hand of like a man that they know. I was like, mm-hmm. Jesus, men, stop killing us, for God's sake. Yeah, it's, men are scum. Men are really, really bad people. Have you ever had, like, a physical alteration where you've had to, like, protect yourself? No. Well, um, the only time, and I wasn't even dating this guy, the only time, especially since I transitioned, that, like, someone put hands on me was I was hanging out with a, a, a gay friend of mine, super gay, Um I hadn't seen him for a couple of years. We were in a fight. We kind of made up. 
go over to his place. He's like, hey, do you want to do some coke? Okay, I, I will do cocaine with you. That's fine. I've done it multiple times with you. It's not a big deal. Um, he's got a boyfriend that I didn't know about, this dude named Robert. Robert is drunk trailer park trash like uh and a drag queen too like a super flamboyant queeny piece of shit drunken trailer park trash drag queen um apparently they had some kind of like disagreement like oh you're not gonna do coke well you're not gonna drink well since he did blow robert drank and he got super fucking drunk and marched on over to like come confront us Robert was also six foot three. I mentioned that because again, my height is a physical deterrence, not with trailer park trash, not with drunken rage trailer park trash. who was just as tall as me. So he thought me and my friend, my friend who's gay were fucking. So he was marching down the street. We were standing, we were on, on the stoop. He was smoking a cigarette. Robert comes marching down the street. He's like, get the fuck up. I'm going to fucking kill you and he's talking to me like i literally did not do a thing he thought we were banging so he like put his hands on me he's like trying to shove me and stuff like that and it's the first time like all those dude instincts that i learned as a kid kind of kicked in i'm like okay we're at defcon 4 right now do not escalate the situation but i'm on watch right now i have to like you know bring down the pressure however i could and but not let this guy like bowl me over so it was a it was a very quick interaction, like a little fumble ruski on the stoop, trying to get into the door, telling me I can't get in, whatever. Me and my friend just go for a walk while Robert continued to get drunk, break some glass, had the cops called on him, went to the hospital that night. Like it was a bad scene. Um, but that was the only fucking time I've ever felt like physically in danger. Other than that, it's just like dudes being creepy. Yeah. Um, I actually did think of a last question I want to ask you before mm-hmm. you go. When um, did you, like, how old were you when you started to think, oh, was it always you always thought I'm a woman or was there a point where you thought that this is an option that you were like, oh, I didn't know I could, like, I didn't know about transitioning, I think, until I was in my teens. Well, like, I remember I've had, um, like, thoughts of, like, gender variance, however you want to, like, phrase that, like, ancient memories when I'm, like, three or four years old. I've had it, like, my whole fucking life but like the words when I was a child did not exist. Yeah. And also the caricature, what was portrayed in the media was not good. It's still not good where, you know, you have like the classic example is Ace Ventura with, you know, Lois Einhorn, which literally means one horn. What the fuck do you think she's referencing when she got outed? Um, she was like a psychopath, like who transitioned on a whim. And it was it like when that is the truth, presented to you as um you want desperately for that not to be the case with you so i just buried every kind of feeling i i thought every guy wondered what it was like to have a vagina i didn't think like that was anything unique about me like going oh it'd be, be kind of cool to be a girl um but i would never fucking say that because like from a very young age you're you're you know you're told to socialize a certain way um, and I couldn't socialize a certain way. I was, I was suicidal up until I was about like 10 and I got a dog. Um, and that kind of gave me purpose. You know, my family got a dog and I love that dog and continued on and, you know, developed some semblance of a personality. Um, but like, that was all out of necessity. No, I knew for a very, very, very long time. It wasn't until, well, I met my first 
trans woman when I was 10. And, you know, my, my, my father actually showed it to me. Like he worked at a radio station. This also, also worked at a radio station, blah, blah, blah. does not matter. Point being, this woman looked like a dude. She had small tits, long hair, very dude-like. Other than that, she looked like a fucking man. And I just remember like being horrified at that image and just like having like a gut visceral reaction. Like, this is not, no, it's not. I don't want this to be the reality. Um, that was the first trans woman I met. And I always like push those thoughts aside. I would do drag and shit like that as a joke. Cause I was already like a comic when I was like 19 or doing standup since I was 19. So when I was in college, like, yo, yeah, I'm going to do drag. Ha ha ha. Isn't it funny? Um, always using that as an excuse. I met a friend of mine who at the time, this was like 10 years ago. We, I've known her for like fucking 10 years. She, uh, I met her on OkCupid of all things, but she lived in LA. And at the time, I think she was like kind of non-binary. Like she, she had been dressing femininely since she was five. Like that's how in the weeds she's been. Like she's never really been like socialized as a dude. Um, so like she was already at that stage, like fucking gorgeous. And I was obsessed with her for many, many, many years. And then she came out as trans, started medically transitioning. And I was like, what the fuck? And it wasn't until 2017 when I did the main comedy festival and I met the host of both shows, Jay McBride, who just got Just for Laughs. Um, she's like one of three trans comics who were like the first ones to get on New Faces at Just for Laughs this year, which I think happened yesterday. Um, yeah, I met her. And it was like this thing clicked in my mind where it's like, you can be a comedian and you can be trans, like it's fine. And I was like, that's what kind of like pushed my brain to like seriously consider, is this an option? Am I, is this the truth? Is this my fucking truth? And then like after a week of thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, God fucking damn it. It's the truth, motherfucker. And then the, the new chapter began. That's, that's when it all started. Oh, that's amazing. I'm glad you met Jay. She's amazing. Oh yeah. She's great. Um, I fucking love her. Yeah, no, that's the, so even cause you know, I know that, uh, the thing is that people will say like, that's how you always feel, but I, I, it's great to hear when you're able to articulate those feelings. Cause it's so hard as you're, if you're a kid and you're being told you're something. Right. Again, so it, it wasn't a even while. a possibility when I was like four five, six, mm -hmm. seven, like that, that was never presented as an option. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, no, I, I always think like, I wonder what my life would have been if like I knew and I was in a supporting environment. I knew when I was seven, I asked my mother when I was seven to see a psychiatrist because I knew something was wrong with me. Didn't have the words for it. Um, she was afraid of the social stigma that came along with needing a mental health provider. So she didn't take me. So the problem festered. Um, but at the same time, even if like my mother and father were supportive and I could have gotten like trans care in the 90s, Jesus Christ, I would have been fucking murdered. I'm sure someone would have killed me. Um, yeah, it was just things, like not fucking cool back then. Yeah, times have really come on a lot. And what would you, if they're, you know, so let's say with young people now, we want to transition, would you suggest that they wait till a certain age? I mean, it there's too many different factors to say definitively yes, wait or no, go out, you know, yeah. fucking sit, do this immediately whether or not you're in a supportive environment or you think you're going to be in a supportive environment, whether or not you think, you know, that goes with like family, that goes with the state getting medical treatment, um, your family, your friends, 
if you um, if you're in an unsupportive environment, you know, you kind of have to wait until you're financially independent from your rest of your family and you don't need to rely on them for anything because you might have to lop off that part of your life forever um, before you can actually start transitioning. Um, but other than that, I, I, I can only say I wish I knew and that the social infrastructure existed to successfully transition because a lot of the surgery that I'm doing now and a lot of the cosmetic stuff that I'm going through right now, blah, 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 with the reconstruction of my face and all that kind of shit. Those are, and getting rid of facial hair and all that crap. Those are secondary sex characteristics that develop during puberty that I would have had loved to have completely skipped over instead mm-hmm. of having to backtrack and erase and correct, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's different for everybody. That's all I can say. But those are a lot of the factors that like come into play with this shit. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's a real shit show. Well, thank you for being on the podcast. You're amazing. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, Where- no, this is, this is, I'm always answering trans questions. It's fine. <laughs> Where can people find you? Uh, just my social media. I'm, I haven't been really performing much these days. I really need to get back onto it. Unfortunately, I don't think I can really do that until I'm like done with my surgery in a year. Um, but you can find me online, uh, uh, Instagram, Margo Agogo. Okay. Thanks again for listening to the episode. Please again, follow Margo on all on social media. Also again, Patreon is Patreon forward slash the shift podcast. And if you have any stories advice or anything especially about the topic therapy for next week let me know but isn't that have a lovely week and i'll talk to you soon okay i have two new obsessions that i need to share with you Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.